Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Welcome in. It's Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Let's see who else is here taking role. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey, you guys not gonna make anyway you guys are suck and when when i got trade the next day oh welcome to the suck team toby oh my god this sucks random bears fan terry boars finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides i do liam Hendricks. i wouldn't say seeking perfection it's just mainly trying not to suck Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I'll tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. George went. We had fun, uh, but there you go. I sucked. Garth Algar. Get it off, man! Get it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. Disco sucks! Disco sucks! Mark Grody. Bueller, 
Bueller. Trash Panda? Yo, what up? Hey. Hey, there he is. There's Trash Panda together again for the first time. How are you, dude? Finally. Uh, they kept us apart for so long. I don't understand. They did. And here's a perfect example of Saturday Suckage. There's Trash Panda and there's me. And we, instead of reuniting the three of us, I am on with Trash Panda from 11 to 2. And then from 3 till 545 is Mark Grody taking you up to Cubs baseball, Cubs Sox, Crosstown Series, and Saturday Suckage is split up. Oh, well, uh, how dare they? Yes. What is their yes. what is their deal? I don't know what they know, what they think, what they do. Um, and I think if I ever did figure it out, I would need professional help. I would need to be subjected to all forms of science. So, anyways, I know you as a White Sox fan. Yeah, I'm wearing a wearing a Jim Tomey jersey right now. Venting to do. By the way, how are we coming on booking Andrea Tomey? Uh, she's, the, she's the soul of that family. Work in that, progress. I want to talk to her. All right. So the Twins beat the Royals last night by a field goal, ten to seven. The Sox then, bathing in the embarrassment of a twenty-two and twenty-two record, fall five games behind the Twins in the AL Central. Everybody else is under five hundred. The Sox are two and a half games out of the wild card. The Sox are a pathetic ten and twelve at home. And that's where they play the Cubs tonight, tomorrow. So the first of two games, it should have been three. I'm on the Memorial Day weekend. Crosstown rivals, they're scheduled to play. Major League Baseball gave the series Friday off because, you know, Rob Manfred's in charge. The Cubs, meanwhile, come in at 18 and 26. This is a non-rebuild of a rebuild as Jed Hoyer rebuilds his vocabulary. The Cubs are in third place in the NL Central. That is shocking. They're a mere 10 games behind good teams and only six games out of a wild card. That is like, how bad is baseball that the Cubs are only six games out of a wild card? I didn't even realize that until you said it. That's right. See, I'm bringing you info. I'm bringing you news here. The Cubs are only six games out of a wild card. This is baseball at its embarrassing best. The Cubs are a laughable 7-15 at home. And they're 11 and 11 on the road. And they're going on the road, sort of, kind of, at the rate tonight. So, here's what we got. Neither Chicago team can win in Chicago, which is a very Chicago thing. Perfect for an all-Chicago weekend. And tonight, your guy, Torkin Johnny Cueto, goes for the Sox. Patrick Wisdom has two homers in three lifetime at-bats against Twerkin Johnny. Actually, two against two, I think. And the Cubs will start not Caleb Killian. So there you go. I ask you, the team that's 500, or the team that is well under 500, which team hates its, uh, its fans more? What do you think? Ooh. You're a White Sox fan. Tell me. Why does your team hate you? That's a good question. And also, by the way, a number you didn't men- mention in there in the months yeah. all those sucky numbers is the yeah. fact that both these teams are coming into the weekend after being out after being outscored a combined 36 to 12 on Thursday. So there there you go. That's that's, wow, what, that's the team I, I did we got not know in. that. I did not know there would be math involved, but thank you for doing that. Uh, yeah, I did the math on well, I hosted the overnight show Friday morning. So, I did some math and figured that out. I had time <laughs> Look at you! How, by the way, how's that going? How's the uh, robber light thing going for you? It's it's good. It's good. We you know we we it's it's all about survival, and we got through. 
we got through. You know, it's good though. It's good. Had some had some decent callers on Friday, so it's it was it's fine. So all right, which team hates itself more? Well, what hates his fans. Here's, hates here's hates his fans more. One, hates his fans more. Yes. One way when you go into this, I, I gave you all those numbers, all the standings that the Sox are supposed to have World Series dreams, still do. They're at 500, and they're in, in can't have a Hall of Famer baseball person managing, and and their defense still stinks. Their base running is questionable. Their players can't hit. So. Tony LaRenteria is not really doing much to improve the fate of that team. But you have a team, the White Sox won't dump Dallas Keuchel, and the Cubs are trying to dump Wilson Contreras. So in that view, which team hates its fans more? It's, all right, I think it's the White Sox. And obviously I'm a little biased here as I sit here wearing a White Sox jersey. But when you consider the fact that the White Sox are supposed to be the team that's winning right now. The Cubs aren't good. And don't get me wrong, the idea that they're probably going to end up trading Wilson Contreras, who's the best player and probably the best two-way catcher in baseball, is is kind of ridiculous, especially because they could be good next year if they wanted to. But the White Sox, they hate their fans more because they hired Tony La Russa. They were, they're not going to fire Tony La Russa. He's a huge part of a lot of their problems. And they refused to fix all the, whole, all the holes that they had coming into the offseason and instead spent money on relievers, one of which is hurt. It was hurt when he signed and is now hurt again. So, <laughs> and, you know, I understand the being hurt when they signed him thing because that was it was a weird offseason because players couldn't talk to the medical staff for the team. So nobody really knew who was hurt and who wasn't. So that I kind of understand, but you know, now he's hurt again. So, and it, right when he started to finally figure it out on the mound too. So, it, so they, and that being said, they, like I said, they spent money on relievers instead of spending money on a second baseman or a right fielder or another starting pitcher after they let one of the guys in the rotation go and then didn't actively replace him. They just said, oh, Michael Kopech's going to replace him. Okay, what about Dallas Keuchel, who sucks? What, that you're really going to trot this guy out? And now we're, they're, they're, you reap what you sow. We saw on Thursday and we saw in his previous start against the Yankees, you let the guy come out there and put you in a six-run hole, you're going to lose the game. He's Trash Panda. We're together again on Saturday's Suckage. We have much planned, much more baseball discussion. At noon, Mark Potash of the Sun-Times will be here. And Mark is in the unique situation of being able to look at the Cubs rebuild when they don't want to use the word rebuild and the Bears rebuild where they don't want to use the word rebuild and they're both rebuilding and why they want to, I guess they want to play their fans for, for schmucks and they're getting, you know, Cub fans long time have been proven they can be played that way. So Bears fans, it's the only game in town. What else are you going to do? And we will talk to Mark about which one, which rebuild, which which way of treating the fans looks lamer and who would be closest to winning anything? And at 1 o'clock, there was much kerfuffle. We will talk with Pete, for, Pete Futak of collegefootballnews.com. The names, image, likeness, you see that online as NIL. That whole issue that sparked um, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban got got all through a hissy fit about it, and basically he was speaking to Alabama boosters, saying like, "Where's our money? 
come on, we need more money. We need more. You need to buy more kids because the, the other schools are buying kids. So we'll see what that means, where it goes, what happens. And Lane Kiffin, of all people, the most logical take from a college football person and college football football about that. We'll talk to talk to Pete Futak about that. And the WB Club, this is a big day for the Wake and Bake Club. We'll discuss the greatest touchdown celebration ever. This is a Hall of Fame celebration. The WB Club, the Wake and Bake Club can celebrate. And we will smoke uh, weed every day. We will bring you David Letterman <laughs> running his pot trip past Kevin Durant. How is that not the greatest thing ever? One of the greatest things ever. Absolutely hysterical. I, it is. It's wonderful. It's just. And remember, David Letterman showed up at the Nets media day, and KD was up there, and Letterman sitting there with a notepad and going, "Hi," this raises his hand, asks the question, "Hi, this is Dave from Basketball <laughs> Digest." And he's, uh, one question was, wh- why do you, why do they call you KD? <laughs> <laughs> and the other question was, can you play for the Knicks on your off nights? <laughs> it's just great. That's so great. Letterman's got a new, sh- a Letterman's new, new season of his show. My, my next guest needs no introduction and they're discussing pot, which is what they should do. And Dave reveals such a wonder. We'll bring you that. Much planned, but with the baseball season the way it is, Trash Panda. Yeah. And our, uh, by the way, our phone number and text line, 312-644-6767. A big bang, 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 bang. That's four exclamation points from the 512 on the end of Panda. Somebody's happy to, is that your house? Is that the, is that down there in, in. 512, no, no. 217 is my my home area code uh, okay 512 might have been that i didn't i'm not know sure where 512 is sweet alice so anyways they're happy the panda is back when you look oh, 512 at 512 is texas wow look at us look at us that's am I, is it austin is that actually what it is? yes how did you know that <laughs> that well it, it sounded familiar and i'm not quite sure why the blue star in the in the red state that's what how austin is referred to so the 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 White Sox, while at 500, nothing settled yet. Other teams still have the chance to have the kind of injuries they've suffered, the kind of mismanagement the Sox have suffered, the kind of bad baseball the Sox have played. the The idea that this is you look at the White Sox, this is a complete failure. Mm. All of the things you listed off touch on different parts of the organization, right? That the failure to acquire a second baseman, failure to beef up the pitching staff, or, or, or you know, you're buying star- relievers that we like our guys pre-injured kind of stuff. A manager who is supposed to take care of fundamentals and baseball and, and using the bullpen the right way. And this is one of the worst defensive teams Ever and then the hitters themselves, the players themselves, they can't hit. This looks, this looks like a complete failure. What do you, what do you think? In what order does this get better for your White Sox? Uh, it's a great question. So I think that the hitting will eventually come around 
because, and I don't know if you read this week in the athletic, James Fegan wrote a whole article about the White Sox hitting and he talked to the hitting coach, uh, Frank Menachino. And he said that it's like almost pretty much everyone in the lineup is, is pressing at the plate and swinging at pitches. They wouldn't otherwise swing at. So I think that it's and it's become a collective problem outside of Tim Anderson, who is you know hitting what three sixty or something like that, and is and is awesome. But I think that that will eventually come around because, and we already see Jose Abreu is starting to turn it around. His last couple weeks have been pretty good. I think Yaz will eventually get that OBP up because that's what he's always done. Luis Roberts going to be good. Like there's a bunch of guys that I'm not worried about that will eventually turn around. And I, and after reading that article from Fegan, I'm not as worried about their approach at the plates team wide as I was. They just need to get out of the mentality of pressing and swinging at bad strikes. You know what I mean? They're like bad strikes, like balls that are strikes, but that you could take because it's not a good ball to swing at and in the, in the right count. Right. So I think that will eventually come around. I, the defense, I don't think, is ever going to improve. This team is basically built to slug and out-slug their bad defense. And so if the hitting comes around and the defense improves slightly, I, I'm going to be less worried about the team than I am now. But I don't see the defense getting all that much better because they weren't a great defensive team last year and they have the same team roughly. So why would their defense improve this year? Failure by the manager, failure by the general manager. If only the general manager was in control of the manager. But both of them have a hand in 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 letting this actually devolve. I mean, they, they seem worse this year. Maybe it's worse that you're not scoring runs, or when you when you it the looks, times when you it do looks, score seven runs, you're giving up sixteen. <laughs> it it looks worse because last year they were one of the best offenses in baseball, mm-hmm. and this year they're not. Not so far. So those problems that they still had all of last year and that they had all of last year and still have this year are more glaring when you're not out slugging your airs on the your airs in the field. Okay, well they'll have a chance to wow, what a show they could put on at home. They're they're not good at home and they're playing the Cubs who are actually 500 on the road and here we go, crosstown series. So We'll get back to the misery of what being a Cubs fan and Sox fan and watching this this crap is all about. There was a baseball story overnight that you, I couldn't believe, but we have some tape of it, and it involves former Cub legend Jock Peterson. Yeah, why did they ever let him go? Why I, didn't the White Sox sign him? There's so many questions. Yes, and... And the best thing about Jock Peterson is that he's Jock Peterson. Yes. And he's just he's just sort of without – he's guileless. He's just telling you what the story is. This is a pregame story of the slap heard round the world. So <laughs> we have to bring this to you. We are obligated to bring this to you. And when it involves a Cubs legend, that's what we do here. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Trash Panda. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. No, there was no real argument. He kind of came up and said, like, I don't know, you remember from last year? And I was like, fantasy football? And he's like, yeah. I, and yeah. Where did he slap him? 
I mean, like, just across the street. In the, yep. Yeah. <laughs> In the cheek. Little glove slap. Glove slap. Baby glove slap. Mm. Well, there's no place for violence except perhaps fantasy football when it comes to two baseball players. That was Cubs legend, former Cubs legend, Jock Peterson, now a San Francisco Giants outfielder. It was the Reds and the Giants scheduled to play last night. In fact, they did play. Reds are taking batting practice, and and batting practice is going on. Cincinnati Reds outfielder Tommy Pham walks up to Jock Peterson and discusses an incident, something about their fantasy football league, a fantasy, one of two fantasy football leagues apparently that Tommy Pham was in, and slaps Jock Peterson. I kid you not, this happened. Tommy Pham slapped Jock Peterson over a move, a fantasy football rule. This is what Peterson was saying, that Fam didn't like the idea that if you put a if you put if a player's ruled out for the week in their league, an ESPN league, that you could put the guy on IR and call up somebody else and whatever, he made a claim. So that's what Peterson did. And Fam sent out some kind of group text that he was cheating. And Peterson took a screenshot of FAM doing exactly the same, the rules, and cited FAM doing the same thing. Didn't matter. Tommy FAM came up to him before the game and slapped him. And both teams rushed to the outfield. The fact that, all right, so if we're going to break this down, the fact that it was... <laughs> we're going to break this down. I fact, like that. The fact that it was like six months later, this is an issue that was... A lot, like you would think would be settled, forgotten about. Like I've been in plenty of fantasy football arguments. Usually you have the argument and then you just move on with your life. You know, within a week, you're just, it's in the past. The fact that he held on to this grudge for six months and waited until they were playing each other to slap him during batting practice is some next level grudge holding, especially over something so small. Second of all, if we're going to decide who is right in this argument, which I think we should, because it's necessary to discuss. Tommy Pham is clearly in the wrong here. If you have an IR spot, then you are allowed to put a player in that slot if they're ruled out for the week. You do it all the time. That's what the IR slot is for, so you don't have to drop that player into free agency for the rest of the league to pick up when he's going to be out for a week or two, and you can fill that roster spot with somebody else. If you don't like people doing that, then don't have the IR slot. It's that easy. Fam was just being an idiot. Tommy Fam, the guy who slapped Jock Peterson, said, I don't think violence is the answer. I guess you <laughs> can say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tommy Fam's had Tommy Fam has had anger issues before. He has been involved and he threatened threatened somebody. I know Muay Thai. You want I can get down pretty good. You want to get to it? Let's do this. It's this is part of the Tommy Fam profile. But the idea that you would do this over, why don't you give me your, because I, it's not right, but the player this was over, give me your rating of running backs and tell me where Jeff Wilson fits in. Rather low. I had to remind myself who he was. 
<laughs> which is, and then I was like, oh yeah, he's the 49ers running back. And in general, whatever 49ers running back is playing, you should just go ahead and start. So I understand that you want to stash him for a week. You don't want to drop him. Yeah, go for it. I, he's never a guy I had on my team, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's my uh-huh. assessment of him. He's a 49ers running back, and if he's starting, you start the 49ers running back because they run the ball. That's that's it. So Cubs legend, former Cubs legend, Jock Peterson, was just having the discussion, and he, got, he didn't do anything. He just slapped, stood there, oh. And then everybody starts rushing the field over, I, over fantasy football. And Jock offered an idea, a not a... <clears throat> So I guess a makeup call, but the idea that Tommy Pham was in several leagues and won both of these in, leagues involved Jeff Wilson and once, and he probably confused them. And but he held on to the grudge because it was all about Jock Peterson and we're going to get that guy. I just I don't know. Maybe we should throw this out there. Have you been in a fantasy league where you've actually come to blows with somebody over? A ruling over a move over a player? 312-644-6767. Light them up. How many black eyes have you suffered drafting? I I will say that I've been in plenty of arguments, as I said, about fantasy football. I've never gotten to the point of a physical altercation because while we might get in a relatively heated argument over something, something, if someone's being real uppity about it, you know, we never like we all at the end of the day, we understand that it's stupid and it's just fantasy football. And, and like, I've never even considered hitting someone over it. We've we've gotten people out of a league before because they kept bitching about things. But that's the the farthest we go. OK, so a 630 texture says that that fam said it said he had Wilson on his IR and Wilson on his own roster. That's what Peterson said. Peterson didn't mention his player, but that was the second, the response. It was fam saying, fam saying one thing in one league and about another. But the point was, whatever your football argument is, Jeff Wilson isn't really cogent here, but it's just a laughable part of it. Like you said, Trash Panda, holding a grudge over that, over that claim. Oh my God. Just six yeah, months I was, later, I, I here did, we go. I did read the story for 630, and I was kind of confused about what exactly was going on. But it's the, what I got out of it was there was someone, there was a use of an IR slot that that Tommy Pham took issue with. And the problem, is, and, and if you have an IR slot and the person is ruled out, then you can put them on the IR slot. That's how it works. If you don't like that, you don't use the, then you take the IR slot away. That's It's that simple. <laughs> So Jock Peterson, Cubs legend, is memorialized on the Braves rings. Did you ever see the Braves rings? Drew Smiley and Chris Mark got theirs um, last two weeks ago when the Cubs were in Atlanta. And did you see? Do you know what's going on? Did you see what the the particulars about these the Braves World Series rings? I actually did not. Well, first of all, there's a single pearl on there. Because Jock Peterson famously bought the pearl necklace. Oh yeah, and okay. Kept yeah, yeah. wearing it, and it and every pearl necklace in Atlanta was sold out. So there is a pearl there. There are twenty three diamonds on one side, symbolic of twenty three home runs during the postseason. Four diamonds represent four straight NL East championships. 
But one of the one of the cool things about this is 44 emerald cut diamonds to celebrate Braves legend Henry Aaron. That's on the outside, and the top hinges open with LED lights illuminating a miniature Truist Park inside. That sounds really cool, but also extraordinarily unnecessary for a ring. No. For a championship ring, everything is necessary. I guess they, you're right. I guess you're right. They, I, they, they had 755 diamonds. That number should sound familiar. And 18.71 carats of white gold, which is, they were founded in 1871. I mean, they went, it, it's it's pretty remarkable, the details on this, but there is a pearl, and it's on pitcher's mound at the top. They put the World Series trophy, and it's on the pitcher's mound on one side of the ring to memorialize former Cubs legend Jock Peterson's pearl necklace as they won the World Series. Put all those words together in a sentence and see where you are. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it leads to a slap. Yes. <laughs> the fact that I, it leads yeah, that's that's pretty funny. That's I didn't know all those details about the rain. That's they put a lot of thought into that. But again, I just I, I don't know. The championship reigns, I've never I know that they're supposed to be just for show. You know, it's not something you're gonna you're you know, Mark Gurdy doesn't walk around wearing his Cubs ring. He should, but he doesn't. So, <laughs> I do just chicks, do chicks love the uh, chicks dig the World Series I, ring? I would imagine so. I, I, you know, I don't have one, so I wouldn't know. But I would mm-hmm. imagine that you know, you walk into a bar and you're wearing a, a Cubs World Series ring. You know, especially in Chicago, you might get a little attention. So people are, you know, you might turn some eyes, you know, you're ordering a drink, you put your hand up to your face to scratch your chin or something, you got the oh, ring right wow. there. Yeah, wow. yeah. That sounds like a fresh move right there. You're not far removed from actually doing that, are you? No, I never did that move. I don't have any good enough rings to show off. I got my high school class ring. That's like, <laughs> hey, look at the class 2008. Yeah. <laughs> how, did, how are you cohabitating with a with someone of the opposing sex? When you flash your high school ring, I, I don't understand. Well, I don't need more. Yeah. Obviously, come on. That's that. Well, I don't know. Obviously, why do you say that? Maybe not. I don't know. I never did that. Why? That's stupid. <laughs> why would I? Even okay. if, you know, go back to my hometown in the one bar on the on the on the town square, and it would still be lame as hell. The one bar on the town square. Well, there used to be two, but. But the one closed. So there was one. All right, there's 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 a brewery, which is actually a pretty cool and good brewery that sells throughout the state on the square. But before that, there was an actual just like bar, like a bar, like a sports bar, basically, on a different corner on the square. And that went through like four or five different owners. It could never stay open. And I never understood why, because it was the literally the only bar in town. So you have to try to fail there because it was always busy. Like if you're going out to drink in Petersburg, there's one place to go <laughs> unless you're driving 15 miles outside of town to the go to go to the bar in Oakford, which people do. But it's still like it's it, so that's anyway has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I just wanted to there's there's your Petersburg town square history for you. Wow. Thank you. Small town trash panda. 
But you knew that just by the name Trash Panda. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, it was a, an issue that uh, Trash Panda and I kicked around and, and how to get out this. But I, it comes down to this for me, that it sounds like Justin Fields. It reads like Justin Fields, vertently or inadvertently, advertently or not, just pants George McCaskey and Ted Phillips. And so I cannot wait to discuss this. We will talk about it next on Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Yeah, he's young, so he likes to have the juice and the energy, and he's got a live arm. I mean, uh, there were a few throws he made today where that ball just, you know, it's 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 like it keeps getting faster in the air. Um, and he's, he's soaking everything up, like uh, whether it's coaches, me, or, you know, stuff he's telling me, I mean um, – it's it's really good. I mean, he's couldn't couldn't have a better start to uh, working relationships. I mean, I have pretty high expectations. You don't get drafted as high as he does, you know, in the National Football League just for, you know, kind of having a wet noodle or you know slow feet. Like he's he's really talented. I thought he was going to be really good, and he's exceeding my expectations. It's Saturday suckage on six seventy the score in Odyssey Station. It is Saturday suckage. We're talking about Bears quarterbacks. What's well, there are a few things more appropriate than that. So Trash Panda's here. I'm Steve Rosenblum. And that was, is that the guy who hikes the ball? Is that the hiker? That supposedly, the hiker yes. Supposedly, that's that's what he's going to do, yes. Yeah. Well, he's going to hike it to Justin Fields. And there was an interesting quote that made the rounds from Justin Fields, your starting Bears quarterback for now. We're kind of just trying to reculture or getting the culture in the building. I don't think our culture was the best culture last year. So that's Justin Fields, and the Bears are going through their first week of OTAs. And that's the kind of quote, talking about the Bears' culture, reculture or getting the culture in the building, that should have gotten George McCaskey and Ted Phillips fired if anyone at Hallis Hall or on the Bears' board was awake or gave a damn. They don't. You see their actions, their lack of actions. You see the idiocy, idiocy of Ted and George. You remember they refused to fire the inept Ryan Pace, gave Ryan Pace another chance to draft, to overspend draft capital on a quarterback. And he did. That guy's Justin Fields. Who knows if he'll reach it. The, the profile with Ryan Pace is Justin Fields will fail because that's what Ryan Pace does with quarterback and overspending draft capital. George and Ted refused to fire Matt Nagy, thus giving Nagy another chance to show how he cannot handle a young quarterback, make him take a backseat to a useless veteran in a scheme that was unplayable. But here's the thing. They defended that. We have tape of it somewhere talking about the culture, the best culture in the building, the best culture in the NFL. We have the best culture. We have Bears culture, 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 culture. So the Bears don't care about winning. They don't have any smart people in there. And by giving, they gave Ryan Pace another chance to mess up the quarterback decision, over mess up the draft capital. So they gave what... You know, the board is the board of directors of the Bears has given George and Ted another chance to make more mistakes. Must be terribly frustrating to be a Bears fan right now. Yes. Because you're talking about culture and you realize what a 
how they're killing the word the way they killed collaborate. They've just embarrassed themselves with it. And nobody up there who has any decision-making power seems to care. That's the way it reads to me. What do you make of what Justin Fields said? You know, it's, it's interesting that you went to that headspace of the failures of George and Ted. That's not where my head went immediately when I read these quotes. But that doesn't that that your points are valid like you're absolutely right and i'm with you like i i have thought for years that those two shouldn't be in charge of the team anymore but my reaction when i read those particular quotes from justin fields were that hmm things were not as good in the locker room the last few years certainly not last year but the last couple of years before that too where the team was going through losing streaks as as we were being told it was so, and, and you know, Justin Fields was only here the one year. So I guess that this, we can't directly connect him to the two years before that, you know, previous after, excuse me, 2018, where we know that things were good because they were winning. So it, it made me think even less of Matt Nagy because they kept talking about the culture and how things were just great in the locker room when it seems like they definitely weren't. Well, winning does that. Winning deodorizes a lot of that, and you're hearing how how they kept, they they did a good job of keeping people from talk telling the truth, right? You're able to. That's what football coaches want. That want want you to. They want to, the Vulcan mind meld. You believe what they say, you will believe, and that's the way it goes. And and I'm sure Mitch Trubisky has thoughts. We've heard some of them, and and you've seen some of them. And Justin Fields oh, and, and was Alan Robinson. Have, Alan Robinson yeah. too. Even just in his press conferences in in L.A., he's kind of just even the fact that he hasn't thrown the entire previous Bears coaching staff under the bus since he's been in L.A. tells you what kind of guy he actually is. Because he could have. He has no loyalty to them anymore. He could have said, oh, yeah, they suck. And I read one quote where he was, they asked him, I guess, about the scheme or how much better it is for L.A. And he kind of just basically non-answered it <laughs> and didn't uh-huh. and didn't and didn't. And which, you know, non-answer at that point is telling you how bad the Bears scheme was under Matt Nagy. Because no answer at that point is telling you exactly how bad it is. But he could have just said, oh, yeah, they were terrible. It was awful. You know, they got me running curl routes 15 times a game. So I I, I think that you could say that, oh, well, they kept the players in line. Well, I think they just had good people in the locker room. And, you know, Alan Robinson's not the kind of guy that's going to throw you under the bus even when he's not in town anymore. And they relied on culture they bathed themselves in it george mccaskey and ted phillips did they crowed about it and you could see that the culture wasn't that whatever they believed as culture is simply brainwashing you believe this will work this will work this is the way it'll work it'll work because we say it'll work these are the right guys we know these are the right guys we say these are the right guys and the the reason a Bears fan would have a lot. The reason a Bears fan would expect failure from this new, no matter that Ryan Poles seems to be a thoughtful man and Matt Eberflus is going back to at least what we in Chicago have seen as a defensive 
a defensive system, a scheme that produces takeaways and gives the offense a chance to do something and plays aggressive, and it's and it's familiar to contributing to winning. The fact that the people in charge made those selections, I mean, it's sort of the parallelism of Ryan Pace chose all these quarterbacks and they all sucked. That would be seem to be what's going to happen with Justin Fields. Maybe he's good enough to reverse that. But you look at what what George McCaskey and Ted Phillips have decided on, and they've decided on, George has decided on your new coach and your new general manager and signed off on all of this. And what in George's history gives you any reason to feel com- confident? You're... There's nothing in his history that will tell you that they're confident. And I, we were having this discussion when they were going through the search and we're talking about the kind of job that they've done finding these people in the past. You know, who's hiring the person in charge? The per, You know, this guy's going to be your football guy, right? But who hires the football guy? Uh-huh. And that's the problem. So history will tell you that... It hasn't been great. They haven't, especially since George has been making the decisions. Because George didn't hire Jerry Angelo, right? That would have been was that Michael that mm-hmm. hired Jerry, right? So, well, that was that was Ted Phillips going to a a um, head hunting firm. Okay. And what they did was they found the highest ranking personnel guy on the best team in the division. Tampa Bay had really good players, and they said, <laughs> why don't we take their personnel guy? Because only a headhunter firm would have known that. And it, it just shows that the succession of what they're doing shows the Bears' lack of institutional knowledge of how the NFL oh, works. It, yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And, and that's a problem, obviously, that they have been having for 30 years now. <laughs> And so, yeah, it, they they don't know enough about these guys. They have to tell people. They have to get people to tell them who to go after, which mm-hmm. they did again this time around. So it really what I'm getting to is it's going to be luck if they make the right decision. And, and you know, we can disguise it. They can disguise it as, oh, we did our research and we hired the right guy. History says, nah, you just got lucky because you made – two previous hires to this and both of them ended up being awful. So I would say it's more luck and that's, we were, we're hoping for luck and I'm still pretty excited about, or at least intrigued certainly about what Ryan Poles is doing in the way he talks, at least at the least, the very least he's more open about how he talks to the media. He gives us real answers, at least so far. And you know, who knows how this will develop, but Ryan Pace, it's, it's the, the, the opposite of Ryan Pace so far. I feel like we get real answers when he talks. Well, we get answers. He's available. He gives answers. He has far more credibility because after it took about, what, 20 minutes of, oh, Mike Lennon's our quarterback, and we're fired up about that. And then it became a running joke. Ryan Pace became a running joke. Ryan Pace says, we're fired up about that. We're fired up about that. We're fired up about that. And it just... It proved to be just one face plant after another. Uh, well, on offense, anyways, it was just it was a disaster. And the Bears are still paying for that. But Ryan Poles, he made a mistake. You don't know. I, I don't know why that right guard isn't here. 
and you don't know where that's going to go. And that's why I, uh, because George made this decision and George's history is as bad with his choices as Ryan Pace's was with his. And Ryan Pace was one of George's decisions and extending Ryan Pace was another, or keeping Ryan Pace was yet another one. It just, I hope Justin Fields is good. I just, because that's the only, the only sap they have. I cannot imagine how far behind, unless they go two and 14, that'd be great. Then you get a shot at a quarterback and, and, and hope that that guy's the answer because you've already found out that the previous administration isn't. And if they go two and 14, does that, does that change the chairman of the Bears? Do you think? No, absolutely not. I don't think, especially not this year, because we know that they're not going to be good. And okay, but do you think they're going to be two two win bad? It would be two and fifteen, by the way. Two and fifteen. Oh, that's right. Seventeen games. Yeah, I forget. I forget. Oh well, I forget too. Sorry. So, what was your follow up there? Well, okay. There will they be two win bad? If we know they're not going to be good, will they be too win bad? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that with the improvements that they're they they made in the secondary, just through the draft, so just through the draft, and the fact that we know the defense at least is going to be average based on who the head coach is, who he brought in to coach the defense, and the players that they still have on that defense. The defense is going to be decent enough to keep them in games. I don't think they're going to be too win bad is, is what I'm going to be. They're not facing Hall of Fame quarterbacks other than Aaron yeah, and that's Part, the other, that's Bears the owner the, Aaron Rodgers. The schedule is much easier this year is another reason why. All right, so the Bears are rebuilding and they won't say it. The Cubs are rebuilding and they won't say it. They don't like that word. One man has been around both teams who is familiar with that word and knows that word when he sees it. We're going to talk to Mark Potash of the Sun-Times about both teams and who's telling the, who's, who is playing their fans more for stupid or maybe we can figure out why they, why the suits exist, insist on talking about it this way. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Trash Panda. This is Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.